Drops it back to Pereira. To the top of the box for Urso. Nagby is there. Pereira again. Through the middle for Facundo Torres. Urso back to Pereira. Cara back for Torres. Cara! Oh, what a goal! That is a ridiculous goal from Orlando City's designated players. Erchan Cara finishes it off. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. It is a busy week in terms of soccer for Orlando City Pride and Orlando City B. And in order to go through all of it, got the whole crew here today. Not only is Kyle Foley here, who is currently just out of surgery, he has put all of his worries and his pain aside to be here just for you. We've also got Brad Newton and Gavin Eubank joining for the first time this year, Gavin is. So, hi, guys. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, I've been stuck in a bog for the last few months, and I finally got rescued recently, so it's nice oh, to be back. Oh, is that what they call Richmond now? Yeah, well, no, I was I was out, you know, exploring, as, as people do, and I uh, fell into a bog, and I uh, got stuck there. Oh, did you say hi to Brent? Brent. Brent? Is Brent here in spirit now? No, no, he's, he's back. I, I assumed that you rescued him from the bog. That's true. He actually was my savior from the bog. He happened to be in, you know, in the same area and then got himself out and then realized that I was there as well as he was leaving. So <laughs> just like, oh, hey, Gavin, how's yeah. it going? Yeah, exactly. It was like, Brent, I actually came out here to find you, got myself stuck. And then, yeah, all big, <laughs> uh, big fun party. Uh, All right. That. Sure. T- tons of fun. All right, uh, so we got a lot to talk about today. We've got the Rowdies game happening tonight. Uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff going on with that. Uh, we got some interviews uh, to play here on the show. We've also got a weekend game for Orlando City Pride and OCB happening Saturday and a doubleheader on Sunday. Plus, big announcement, which is what we're going to start off with because it's the, the bigger news of the day. Orlando City is going to be hosting Arsenal. Now, naturally, this is why I have Brad here uh, just oh, for this earlier part thank of the show. Christ, so I get to heckle Mikel Arteta in person. I think it's cool that uh, maybe 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 we'll get him on the show, you guys. So I th- I think it's cool know. that Arsenal was able to get such a big opponent. You know, it, it's nice to see the mm. little guys get to play someone big every now and again. Uh-huh. Yeah, they were unlike unlike Rob- Everton, right? Who are getting relegated? Yeah, Everton's yeah, going to be it's... the uh, uh, another small fish in a much bigger pond for them next year. So. I hate to, I hate to tell you, Gavin. Uh, the last time ever a team from England was in Florida, they got relegated the next year. Well, you know, at least we've got our uh, Florida Cup trophy to uh, hold our heads high on for this season. They were Florida Cup champs, Everton. So let's not oh, take yeah, that away so... from them. We did win silverware this year. So are you saying that whoever wins the Florida Cup is doomed to relegation? I'm not saying that that's not true, but the facts do speak for themselves. Mm. So Brad probably hope that Arsenal doesn't win, right? I mean, I can't I say that, but they're actually looking like they might play in Europe next year, so that I don't want to get too <laughs> ahead of myself. So, um, just, just take it with a grain of salt. Um, so yeah, Arsenal is going to be playing Orlando City. Chelsea 
is going to be playing Arsenal. Those two games are happening different times, different stadiums. So the Arsenal-Chelsea game is having at camping, happening at Camping World Stadium on July 23rd. But the Orlando City-Arsenal game will be happening at Exploria midweek on the 20th, which is a Wednesday. It's really good for Chelsea fans because they don't have any like Lakers games or Cowboys games that might otherwise interfere with that. So <laughs> um, they, they'll, they'll have that weekend free. Now, here's the thing, Brad. They may not end up coming because if they don't get oh. sold, then they can't by just... So that whole thing about them not, A, being able to travel or spend money on it, or B, make any money off of anything, so... Yeah, there, there is there is that. Um, the, so basically, uh, the, the press release from the Florida Cup media says the club will be joining... Under new ownership, the Blues will only travel if the sale of the club has completed and they, accordingly, are no longer subject to United Kingdom government sanctions. One of my, so, one of my favorite tweets from all this is it's like those like a do- big domino effects and it's like unintended domino effects of history. And one is the fall of the Soviet Union leading to not being able to buy a keychain at the Chelsea uh, team shop. <laughs> That's a good one unintended domino effects indeed uh now this isn't the end for the florida cup they do have announcements coming for other teams that will be joining sometime over the next couple weeks uh according to some of my sources they're they're interesting teams and uh also two new venues i don't know anything about the venues but i've just heard something about the teams so that is very exciting now uh Here's the thing with with Orlando City. They play that midweek game against Arsenal, but then they have a league game that Saturday against Philly at home. It's going to be happening at the exact same time as the Arsenal-Chelsea game. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, huh. Mm-hmm. I don't... You don't often hear Arsenal being used as a tune-up game, but um, in this case, it might be looking at <laughs> Phillies form right now. And I mean that with the exception of the Phillies, every team in Philadelphia right now in their form. Yeah. I, I, I and the feel Flyers. Like and the Flyers. I feel Actually, like I take that back. it's really just it's really just the Sixers and the and the the union right now. Yeah, I feel like it's going to uh, be a, it's going to be a B team uh, roster. Yeah. In one of those games. Yeah, um, sports in Toronto were a mistake. All their teams should be taken away from them. Um, yeah, Raptors, start talking about Arsenal, and then you have you go on a tangent about Toronto sports. Listen, I'm, I'll cut a promo right now. Uh, Toronto fans, no matter what sport, Toronto FC, the Raptors, no matter what, at at your core, your Leafs fans who just know. The Stanley Cup is only going to come to that city if it's their visiting because a player takes it there. Kawhi Leonard ain't walking through that door. Um, Michael Bradley ain't walking through that door. So you <laughs> We're know going what? Going Patino game now. <laughs> Listen, your best days are behind you, as a city. <laughs> Give it up. You know, you bring up a good point, um, Austin, about that game because hmm. they already have six games in July. 
They're going to be playing that game three days after they travel to Atlanta. And then, like you said, they play again on Saturday. So there's two two days of rest in between each of those games. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, I'm sure you'll see, like, the Patos and, and whatnot for, you know, five minutes. But this is definitely going to be a, a chance to, you know, experience a once-in-a-lifetime thing for a lot of those young guys on the roster. Yep. Thomas Williams starting against Arsenal. But, I mean, if you're Orlando City, too, and you have this opportunity, you – you, you can't pass that up. I mean, that's that's that's. Free I'm not money saying. Right I'm there. not saying. Listen, I'm not saying Thomas Williams is 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 bad or anything. No, I'm just no, saying no. that Thomas Williams is probably going to start that game because they yeah. only have like one other healthy center back. Yeah. One more game for Matt Turner to uh, Stonewall Orlando City is what I'm hearing. Oh yeah, he'll be with the team by then, won't he? Uh huh. He'll probably play in that game. Probably. Hmm. Hmm. He is okay. scheduled to join Arsenal on July 1st. So, yeah, that probably That would be, be one of his first opportunities to play against an MLS opponent. Wouldn't wouldn't go have figure. to go wouldn't have to go too far. No, not at all. Anyway, uh we'll bring more uh information on on this Florida Cup stuff as as it comes, but uh they're rebranding it kind of as the FC Series, which will be uh, international matches across the United States apparently. So, it's not just the Florida Cup anymore. Uh, it's a stateside derby. It is pretty cool, Austin, to think about uh, how far the Florida Cup has gone. I mean, you remember covering those early days where they're playing games at mm. Disney and it's teams that mm. have followings, but they're not American, you know, nationally recognized brands in this country. And now we've got yeah. two years, three years in a row of Premier League teams coming, and it's pretty exciting. Got to see one of Chicharito's first matches here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He was with Leverkusen at the time, wasn't he? Uh huh. Fun. That was he, interesting. He had a match. He had a match against uh, uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Ah, oh, uh, yes. What a time. Hey, I had a really random thing that like popped up in my brain. Orlando City played Sao Paulo in 2014 at Disney, and Pato was on that team. So I, I got to see Pato play against Orlando City in 2014 and then join them in 2021. And that was – Kaká wasn't with Sao Paulo at that time either, was he? Um, um, no. In 2019, Danny Green played for the Raptors, and last night against the Raptors playing for the Sixers, he hit a – he dunked basically on their roster. Danny Green, Danny Green does not dunk. So that tells you exactly how this series is going. How did how did we go from from talking about soccer to basketball again? I'm just riding a high so massive right now <laughs> because the Sixers are just wiping the floor at the Raptors, and I mentioned 2019 uh, because dear God, um, that sucked. But it feels really good to be in a playoff series and beating a team's ass that badly. I mean, Austin, I know it's been a while since we've had the whole gang here, too. But you know that at any second, we could go off onto a full F1. Go off on a random tangent. Yeah, a whole F1 tangent for this weekend at any moment. I know. Thankfully, Kyle's here, right, Kyle? Kyle's here physically, mentally, who knows? Speaking Speaking of people who are a little high right now. Uh, legally, <laughs> legally, so we we haven't mentioned the the sprint race at all. So 
Ooh, oh, not yet. Yeah, we've but... got the whole the whole end segment for that. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Sa- save, save it for for the end where I can completely cut it. <laughs> Anyways, we we got a lot of stuff to talk about, guys. First off, everything Orlando, which is tonight, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Orlando City, the I four Derby returns. It's back after basically a, a year, eight year hiatus technically, because the last time they played each other was 2014 in a, an actual game. Um, a lot of fans from Tampa are saying, "Oh, well, you've only played us in one official game, which was the 2014 U.S. Open Cup." Um, but technically, this would be the, if you count preseason games, tenth time that Orlando has played Tampa, and nine times they've won. So nine and zero in all unofficial and official competitions combined against Tampa. And yeah, the fans are getting into it again. Um, I mean, Orlando City has had a, a basically hate the Rowdies chant since the way early days, and they still chanted at games. And it was kind of funny seeing some people over the couple last couple of years saying like, oh, why are we still chanting about a team that we don't play ever? Well, now you're playing them again, so the chant is actually relevant again. And if you win, then it becomes more relevant. Question is, will they? Uh, they're going to be playing probably a, I wouldn't say a reserve roster, but guys that didn't play in the Columbus game last week, which, by the way, 2 nothing win for them. Big win. Uh, amazing goal by Urchan Kara. Team goal from Facundo Torres and Mauricio Pereira, who got involved in that. Uh, it, it was a It was a fun win. Good way to kind of move your way up into this game on Wednesday, and then you have a Sunday game against the New York Red Bulls at home. But here in the here and now, uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, they're a good team. You know, they they have a mixture of good players. They made the championship last year in USL, and two they're definitely row, not a team they? to kind of... What's that? I said two years in a row, haven't they? Yes. Well, yeah. technically not the year before because it got canceled yeah. but they made it yeah. they just didn't play in it so they didn't have a chance to actually like defend or or, or, or play and, and win Part in any the, way uh, so champa bay culture down there in the last couple of years ah uh, yeah champa bay yep. boy it's gonna be a, a very intriguing matchup i'm hoping to get uh their uh broadcast analyst ryan davis on the show here in a minute uh to talk to us a little bit about what's going on with the team and yeah, I, I what do you guys kind of think? Just give me your your overall thoughts on on this rivalry renewed. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, the last time, the last time that these two teams played, like you said, Orlando City, it was the Open Cup. Orlando City won, and I think the biggest takeaway from that game was what happened in the stands. If you may remember, some accusations and things that happened, and um. Tempers definitely might get, you know, it's going to be interesting. I think that's for sure. You know, the teams themselves obviously don't have a history between, you know, player on player. Um, but it's going to be a big game for both sides. That's that's for sure. I mean, Orlando, to be taken seriously, I feel like they need to win something. You know, a run in this tournament is going to get them that recognition that they are a team capable of competing. Um and, and a game like this is certainly going to be big, like you said. Probably not going to see the stars, but that doesn't mean that the players on the roster aren't going to be 
up to the task and up, you know, wanting to make a statement here. So it's going to be, uh, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be, it's going to be better than just a normal open cup game. You know, the, the, these, all these years, they always open up with like the Chicago's and, you know, the Charleston's and whatnot. And those are fun. And, you know, open cup is open cup, but this one's going to, this one has like a whole different feel to it. So I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. Kyle. Yeah. I think local rivalries have a, a place in, in, American soccer. I think it's unfortunate that the on-field rivalry that these two teams had, you know, a decade ago is non-existent now because of the way the sport is structured in the U.S. And so I think any chance time you get to play, it's it, it'll be cool. And I think, you know, you, you, like Gavin said, you'll see some of the younger players playing, and and they may be playing with a little more passion because the crowd may be a little more hyped up. Now, I think the downside is they're playing this at Exploria, where they're going to have a very small crowd. Versus playing it at a smaller stadium where it would feel like a bigger Much atmosphere. So, so what you're saying is you would have preferred them to play at the baseball stadium in Kissimmee. Yeah, and I think I think from what I've now, seen, now I I will just say this very quickly. A lot of fans were poo pooing that idea because for years they have made fun of Tampa for playing in a baseball stadium, so they didn't want egg on their face. I most fans that I've seen, and and I will admit that they're they are more long-term fans fans who who were around from the very beginning their takes were kind of the opposite there they really didn't care about whether it's baseball stadium or not they just wanted that atmosphere of Mm. everything feeling more intimate It, it just raises the the feel of that game because let's be real if you're orlando city there's no way you come out of this game with anything good and by that i mean if you win congrats you were supposed to win and if you lose like the roof is on fire oof that sucks maybe you shouldn't have played as many backups Mm. i don't i don't i I don't think losing even matters that much really i mean like it would be it would be a little embarrassing but you see it happen all the time in cups like this where when you rotate enough and play the the less experienced guys it sometimes it comes back to bite you but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that as a team that you're just an embarrassment and go back to the drawing board. It just means you shouldn't have maybe taken it that lightly. So I, I think, I think that's the unfortunate part of this that I think playing it in a bigger stadium is going to help magnify because the atmosphere is going to feel a lot quieter. It's going to feel a lot more empty. And I think that's going to add to that. Well, we don't really care. And I think that sucks. I think it would have been nice to, even though the stakes of this game aren't super high, it would have been nice to have it in, a setting that would make it feel that way. Uh, and on the other side of things, you you have the argument of, you know, play it at your stadium. It's it's your place. This is this is your house, you know, defend your house kind of thing. I wish Orlando was filling the stadium for this game. Like I I I in a perfect world, I think you you could probably this... expect you could probably expect about 6 to 7,000 from think what you... I've seen from sales just I recently. Think... You would be lucky to have more than five thousand butts in seats. Hmm. I am going to ignore any sort of statistics the club puts out in terms of numbers of people there because I know that they're just going to say the amount of tickets that were that were sold, which is going to include ones that they that they give out, and it's going to be a bullshit number. Um, <laughs> I just you're going to be lucky if there's five thousand butts in seat. It's on a Wednesday in the middle of the work week. It's 
you're not going to have the stars playing. It's tough, yeah. You're you're not going to bring anything other than the hardcore fans, and even the hardcore fans might have to work. Like, you're going to run into issues where not everyone's going to be able to make it to a midweek game. So I think it's going to be a small crowd. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it like two weeks ago? Yeah. Like, it feels like it was just, I mean, it feels like it was just a week ago, even though I know it wasn't just a week ago, but, and that adds to it too. Like I, so I understand part of it is just Orlando city aren't as big locally as we would like them to be. I think there's a lot of verbal support, a lot of verbal. Yeah. I like Orlando city, but how many of those people actually go to games? Right. And, and so I think that's still a, a hump to get over. And I think winning is going to help that. I think, the club has not won enough consistently yet to quite reach that hump. I don't think that's entirely on the team. Uh, I think it's Orlando just as a sports town is used to maybe the team's good for two or three years and then they're going to go back to being garbage. I'm looking at the Orlando magic as an example. (laughs) It's hard to generate that hype. So I do think, yeah, in a perfect world, the game should be played in Exploria because you should still be selling 80% of the tickets in the stadium at a minimum. But because that's not happening, I think it's it's better to put it in a smaller venue, but maybe maybe I'll be surprised. Maybe I'll maybe I'll, you know I'll turn on the game and it'll be completely packed and and I will I will eat a shoe if that happens, but it will not happen. Okay. Now, um, with this game, obviously it has a lot of meaning to old fans, like you mentioned. You know the guys that have been there since the beginning, but it also has a lot of meaning to some of the older players from the the old days you know 2013 2014 when this rivalry first started on the field so i reached out to some of those guys Uh, i talked to miguel gallardo i talked to jamie watson i talked to luke bowden i talked to brian burke talked to all of these guys i even reached out to dennis chin but he was busy with some tournament uh so he just shot me a text about stuff but all of these guys uh, gave me some quotes that are going into the preview for the Sentinel tomorrow. However, there's a lot of stuff that was left on the cutting room floor, so I figured I'd play a little bit of the audio first. This is the quote that I pulled from Jamie Watson, but I don't want to play it on here because it was just a good quote. Um, and, you know, the, I, I, I'll play this and I'll play a little bit of Berkey stuff and, uh, you know, we can kind of move on from there. But uh, here is Jamie Watson, former... Uh, Orlando City fan favorite from 2011 to 2013 talking about uh, what it meant for for the players and the fans to play in this game against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. It it meant more because of the the rivalry with the fan base. Um, And we knew that, you know, when you sit in the locker room uh, before matches, you're kind of always going through the last, one of the last conversations is about tactics and what you want to achieve and whatnot. And I, I remember the difference in the matchups between Orlando City and Tampa. Adrian wouldn't talk about tactics right before the kickoff. He he always challenged us with this one saying um, that, that resonated with me a lot. Go out there and play as if you were one of the supporters who got a chance to put on the jersey for that one night. And that one always hit close to home because if you start to think about it, like right now, if you got a chance to play for your favorite team or if I got a chance to play or, you know, anybody that that supports a team and, and is so enthusiastic if they got that one opportunity to put a jersey on and you, they were told you could only play for one day, you know, how would you go and play that game, right? And um, I think that was something that absolutely stuck and resonated and it was the last thing that Adrian, he would 
contract before they went out. So that was Jamie Watson saying, you know, his his favorite quote about Adrian was, uh, go out there and play as if you were one of the supporters who had a chance to put on the jersey for a night. So I thought that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, and, and that definitely that that that's what I was thinking about while while Kyle was saying something, and it's the former, you know, the the rivalry Orlando City before coming to MLS, you know, there was that kind of grassroots connection from players to the club. I mean, you're talking about the guys, you know, we all know the the Bowdens, the Chins, the Gallardos, all those guys that were there for so long. They grew this club and everything they did, everything that the fans did, both of them together felt like they were working one in the same towards the same goals. And yep. games like this definitely feel like they have the same potential now for the players on the field i mean pato doesn't probably doesn't know anything about the tampa bay rowdies you know these oh, guys miguel's been educating them are, he, he told me that he's, he's educating the guys on what it meant and uh tesho told me that he's been seeing like fans have been sending him videos and he's been sharing it with the team and like from the old days the fan interactions um Probably not videos of Orlando City fans getting arrested from that time in Tampa in 2013 or 14. Uh, don't talk about that one. Anyways, uh, yeah, you know, very, very, uh, very bitter rivals. Yeah, and that's very important, you know, because we we have, you know, Orlando City and MLS now. They have Miami. They have Atlanta. There's those connections that the players on the team, they know what those games mean. But because, like Kyle was saying, we don't, you know, the way that soccer is set up, we don't see these teams that often, and so this game, it, it almost means nothing to these players. Now they know, yeah, Tampa Bay is an hour and a half down the road. So yeah, that's a close, and that makes it, you know, in terms of American soccer, geographically, yeah, that's considered a rivalry. But it doesn't feel the same because these two teams, there's no history between the players. But like you said, it's 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 good to hear that that they are they are understanding the stakes at the very least. They know that while maybe to them beating Tampa Bay doesn't mean more than just winning a game, it means a lot more to the people that are sitting in the stands. And, and to be fair, too, it's not just the the casual fans, the people like Kyle was saying, it's like, yeah, I like Orlando City. Those people don't even know what this game truly means to the folks that are sitting on the wall every week, the people that have been here watching these games for eight, nine, ten since years. Since the very beginning. Yeah, since the very beginning. Yep. They know this means more to them like the the passion that's there you you don't get that in almost any other game really i mean like yeah the atlanta game brings out a lot and the the miami game brings out a lot just because of the the trash talking and you know the way that these clubs have kind of built themselves and everything but this is different and this is definitely i i really hope that we do see that out there and and what uh what watson was saying about adrian that's definitely a feeling that you you want to hope that the players have when they step out on the field on Wednesday. Now, it's interesting. Uh, I'll bring in uh, the the audio from Brian Burke here now who played for Orlando from, I think, 2012 to 14 officially. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had some injury concerns throughout his tenure. Um, Actually, he didn't play in 2012, 13 and 14 officially. Uh, But like I said, injury concerns and whatnot. But he did play in the uh the rowdies games so he has a little bit of perspective uh on what it was like playing in those games so here is former fullback for orlando city brian burke talking about that 
I mean, it was incredible. I mean, like, I remember, you know, hearing, like, oh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, but, like, I didn't really know much about them. And then, like, the week leading up, like, they, the fans were coming to our trainings. They were watching our trainings. They were, like, we're going to, like, you know, they were super pumped up about the game. And it's, like, you know, we have other rivals. Like, oh, like, you know, we played Charleston or we played all these other teams. But there was just something different about, like, that rivalry of, like, it was actually an organic rivalry of, like, yep, this is a real game that we need to win this game. And, like, we need to do this for our fans. So it was, it was really cool to, like, have the fans behind you and be in, almost like, a real derby that, you like, you hear about in, like, England or Europe. It's, like, that's felt that's, – that's probably exactly what it feels like is, you know, being, like, one of those scenarios where it's, like, this is real and we're doing this for the fans and we're going out there and we're doing this game for the fans. Yeah, I promised that I did not hear that clip before I said what I said <laughs> because the similarities <laughs> were, like, dead on. <laughs> I know, and that's why I wanted to play it because I was like, "Oh, huh?" <laughs> kind of big, big, big similarities yeah. there, Gavin. You, it's almost like you read Berkey's mind. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, look for that all in a, a preview for the Sentinel tomorrow. Uh, we got a lot of other stuff to talk about, and uh, I'm on a time constraint today, so we're gonna get moving. Austin's got a hot date. Uh-oh. Uh oh, with a deadline. Oh, Oh, so the kids are calling (laughs) it these days. All right. So now, before we head off to the other stuff, we do have our interview. Uh, Ryan Davis, the broadcaster for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. He is the uh, broadcast analyst, so not the play-by-play guy, the other guy. Uh, He is going to join us right now to talk to us about the team and kind of give everyone who doesn't know about the Tampa Bay Rowdies an idea of what the Tampa Bay Rowdies are. So without further ado, let's punch him up. All right, so joining us now here on the show, it is the broadcast analyst for the Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, Mr. Ryan Davis. Ryan, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me on, Austin. I'm excited. Like every other Orlando City fan and every other Tampa Bay Rowdy fan, I'm really excited about tomorrow's game. Yeah, you're, you're kind of in a bit of uh, two minds here because you're Orlando-based, but obviously you called all the Tampa games, so should be an interesting one for you personally as well. I'm in a very, very unique situation. Um, 27 years living in Orlando. I'm, I'm an Orlando native now. Um, and what she said when they were in the USL, Really enjoy the Orlando City, its growth, um, and its and its warts, and then um, getting a chance to work with the Rowdies, which is a class organization, and getting a chance to see them grow over the last three years is really something to behold. Yeah. Now speaking over the last three years, I mean they've been one of the best teams in USL uh, on the field, off the field. You know they they've kind of shown uh, they are very very dangerous. On the field, they have very good players, very dangerous players. What can you tell me and, and fans who are not at all kind of aware of, of the Tampa Bay Rowdies? What can you tell them about this Tampa Bay Rowdy scene? Well, I, I can tell you what. It all starts with the front office and the head coach, um, President Lee Cohen and Coach Neil Collins and his coaching staff are very, very close. and They scrutinize every single player and like most successful coaches and teams, they have a very defined system and then they handpick players for that system. So when these players step on the field for the Rowdies, their, their speed of play and their understanding of where to go 
it's all reactionary and it really makes them, at least in the USL, it really makes them stand out um, above the rest of, well, above most of the competition. You know, it's funny that you talk about like players that fit the system because I was talking to a bunch of the old Orlando City guys and Adrian Heath, his mentality was we're going to play our system. We're not going to worry about what the other teams play. We have this idea of how we want to play and we're going to impose our will on other teams. And it sounds like Neil Collins is very similar in that respect. Absolutely. I mean, we have media calls with Coach Collins every week and it is the same thing over and over. 80% of the time, 80% of of their mentality is to play their game and how are they going to break down the other team or um, how are they going to pressure the other team. And 20% is reactionary. How are they going to adjust? So it really is um, trying to impose their will, which I'm sure Orlando City is going to do as well. But definitely Coach Collins and the rest of the coaching staff and the team is completely on that page. So with the backside of things, you talk about Neil Collins, but what about the, the players? Who are, who are players that, that kind of really have stood out for you this year especially? Um, I'm going to start with the back line and then work my way up. Um, Jordan Scarlett, he's, uh, he's from Jamaica. Uh, he's played in the U.S. for a long period of time. Came to the Rowdies about two years ago, and he is a hard-nosed, um, very defensive defender. Um, he plays at centre-back. And then I'm going to move my way up into the defensive midfield. We have Lewis Hilton, who is from England, and he is very much an orchestrator. He dictates the play but don't don't slouch when the ball is lost he's so aggressive in trying to recover that ball um his fitness level is off the charts and then he complements that with set pieces um then moving forward on the left side the second most tenured player or the first i'm not sure is leo fernandez um, his origins is uh, from brazil um, he's from new york but very much a Brazilian type player, Brazilian style. Style. He's a lefty on the left side, so a traditional winger. Very, very um, skillful going one v one. Loves one v ones, and his crossing abilities. Um, I haven't seen a better crosser in USL. And then up front, the captain Seba Guenzati. He is the quintessential striker. He runs tirelessly. He has excellent finishing ability. And, but because he's played in this system for so long, he's now added different elements to his game where he's now starting to create for players around him. So even though he's not fine, he hasn't found his scoring boots this season after six games, he is the leading scorer in the USL over the last three years. So Seba Gwenzati from Uruguay, um, also New York-based. So those, just moving up from, from defense to forward, that would be the players to look at. Gotcha. Now, uh, you know, some of those names that you threw out there, th- those are names that I, I've kind of recognized from way, way back in the day from like old USL teams like Lewis Hilton. Uh, I remember he played for like St. Louis. He even played wow. here in town uh, in Ocala yes. way back in the day. And I think PDL um, I remember him playing for Charlotte. I actually called a game of his when he was uh, with the independence and then yeah. uh Jan Ekra another one of those guys Ekra, that's that's yeah. on the roster um long time USL guy he's been he's been around same with Leo Fernandez i mean leo was i remember way back in the day when he was 
uh, with the Philadelphia Union uh, in his like early days as a professional. So he's yeah. he's definitely been around uh, for quite a while. So it's, you know you got a, a good uh, mixture of of veteran USL guys that have, have been around and and play at the high level, but you also have a, a good mixture of, of some you know newer guys to the league who've kind of come on and uh, really you know shown their stuff. Yeah, and you know, just going leaning back again on Coach Collins again, he's created this environment, and because there are enough veteran players like Quinzati and um, Leo Fernandez and Louis Hilton, when newer newer players come in, they really are looked after in the best way possible. So in practice, there's a certain standard that's set in practice. So when your players coming and they see the starters or veteran players, they know exactly what's expected of them. And the locker room quickly becomes gelled with the younger players falling in line with the veteran players. So it really makes the standard of play uh, and the adjustment for the players coming in um, pretty quick. And the standard standard of play gets really high in a short period of time. So now uh, I wanted to ask you about um, goalkeeper. I I know uh, CJ Cochran has has played most of the games this year. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you've gotten any indication on on how Neil's going to kind of line up his team, but do you do you expect Cochran to to play in this game? Well, he didn't play on Saturday. Rosarina, who's been tireless in uh, at training, definitely deserved a chance to get in. Um, Cochran was uh, in the last two games before the Saturday round. He's lost, and one of those games was in Alan. Um, even though it was a one loss, I think. Coach Collins wanted to shake things up and encourage Rosarina with all his efforts. He had a great game. Um, he's a definitely different type of people, uh, keeper mm. to Cochran. Cochran, like Evan Lauro last year, very much a... He takes care of the fundamentals, which is great. Good shot stopper. Um, conservative in, in, between the, in between the pipes, you know? While Rose Arena is aggressive, he attacks every cross, not every cross, but he attacks a lot of crosses, dominates the box, and his distribution is what really helps the Rowdies a lot in getting the ball out to the sides as fast as possible um, to give them some sort of possession where they're not stuck or being caught on a press. So it really helps with a Rose Arena in that regard. So I think um, he gives the Rowdies a different look. But I think Cochran was was spared on Saturday. I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that one. It really could go either way starting mm-hmm. tomorrow because Rosarina had a great game um, on the weekend. Interesting. That's a tough one to call. Interesting. All right. So it could be some keeper drama there for the Rowdies. Yeah. Now, here's yeah. another question for you. Yep. Like Orlando, Tampa plays another game on the weekend. The difference yeah. between Orlando is they're just at home. Tampa... Mm-hmm they have to go all the way up to the Northeast and play a Red Bulls too. Do you feel like that affects anything that, that Neil or the coaching staff decide to do with the roster? Do they try and rest players for the day? Do you feel like this is their, their opportunity just to go all out and maybe, you know, kind of not on that Saturday game? I think this roster was built for this. It's really deep. So the players who don't get playing time are just, chomping at the bit are right on the cusp of getting on the field. So I think um, I think this roster was built to play two games a week. So I think they're going to really play their strongest 11. 
And I think the Rowdies kind of owe it to, to the players. This is a really a, a group of players that have stayed together for a long period of time, have been very successful. I think they want to see where things lie. Where, where do they stand in all of this? So I think they really want to, to come out on Wednesday, play their usual game, play aggressive, play fast, and really want to see where they line up, win or lose. They want to know where they stand against an MLS team like the Orlando City. So I think, um, I don't think they're going to be resting players for the weekend. In that regard, though, I, I think they're not, they're not blind to the fact that a USL team, despite being the, the best USL team for the last two years, I don't know how, if they think it's, they can actually win it all. So I know they're going to come out there, be aggressive, play their game, yes. But I know, I know they're very realistic, where the league is still priority number one. But because your roster is built to be so deep, they're really going to have a very competitive, in a rowdy's sense, strong squad tomorrow. Okay. Now, I, I was just looking at the Tampa schedule. Not only do they play Wednesday, Saturday of this week, but they play Wednesday, Saturday of next week, too. Yes. So you have four games over the next 14 days. Yeah, every, every person on that 23-man squad is probably going to be used and they were expected to be used when they were brought in. Very few players on that squad were expected just to, to grow, to um, almost fill in if they have like third on a depth chart, if there was an injury. They were expected to play, get playing time and contribute. So I think they were expected to, to come in and be a part of the weekends and midday contributions. All right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it, Ryan. I appreciate your time as always, and um, enjoy enjoy your uh, enjoy your time. Are you going to the match? No, I can't. I can't be at the match tomorrow, but I'll definitely be looking at it on TV. Gotcha. All right. Well, Ryan, we appreciate your time, and uh, best of luck, but maybe not too much luck this yes, weekend. Exactly. You too, Austin. You know, uh, first and foremost, let's enjoy the game, and then and then talk about it after. There you go. All right, Ryan. Appreciate it. And that was Ryan Davis from the Tampa Bay Rowdies broadcast crew. Appreciate him coming on. Now, we'll kind of transition to Orlando City B, and then we'll finish out with the Pride, uh, just because reasons. Uh, Orlando City B, they lost their most recent game to Columbus Crew 2, 2 nothing up in Columbus. Um, some Some performances that were good, some performances that were bad. Um, it is a, a struggle to find consistency with them. They have creativity in the final third, but not a finishing product. Um, they have had opportunities to score and have not. Uh, it even goes back to their first game. They, they're building something, but it's not there yet. And you know the the concern is you know if they play b team players on wednesday for the open cup game you know how will they fare against a a very good usl team and that remains to be seen how much they'll play usl guys or you know mls next guys uh compared to mls guys and i think pato and juan will probably start because they didn't really play all that much or at all in the game against columbus don't tell brad who wants playing Oh, uh, yeah, with this yeah, this might be a game for Huan to to really do well in because 
it's all about speed in USL. Like if you have speed, you can you can do really really well. It's not necessarily about physicality. So Tuan might do well in this kind of uh, instance. Now uh, Orlando City B plays also on Sunday, also at Exploria. So they're doing a double header uh, this weekend where New York Red Bulls and Orlando City will kick off uh, the uh, their game. At three o'clock, I believe, and then they will play the OCB game right after. So that that's exciting, you know, to to give the fans who end up trying to stick around uh, is Orlando the, the opportunity to is Orlando the Twitter game again this week? Um, you know, I don't know actually. You said they play. Uh, they're playing the New England Revolution too, by the way, mm-hmm. in that game. So just to to be aware for those fans interested. Yeah, outside of that, uh, that's all for Orlando City and and OCB. So on to the Pride. Gentlemen, it was not a good game for the Pride, unfortunately. Uh, Thankfully, the Challenge Cup is almost over and it's coming to an end. And then the actual regular season starts. So they play Gotham this weekend at 7 o'clock up in New Jersey, and then they come back and play them on May 1st in the first game of the regular season officially here at Exploria. So this game means nothing. They have no opportunity to advance in the Challenge Cup. It's literally just get players minutes and get more consistency and cohesion in the team. Uh, Now they scored their most goals so far in 2022 in the game against North Carolina. Unfortunately, they lost 4-2. Uh, they were down 3 nothing within the first 10 minutes of the game. They were getting burnt down the right-hand side by North Carolina. Uh, Courtney Peterson did not have a great game. They brought in subs at the half after going and scoring a goal in about the 15th minute, thanks to Darian Jenkins. They then got back on the board again. Carrie Abello, who came in as a sub, got an assist to Jenkins. It was 3-2 for the majority of the match. Pride looked like they could have evened it up right at the end, and then there was a counterattack going the other way, and, uh, well, Dabinia scored for North Carolina, and Dabinia's very good. So that was it. Uh, 4-2 final for them. They now play in their uh, last Challenge Cup game before the regular season. Now, um, I'm sure what you guys have all been waiting for, the jersey, the kit reveal, is coming on Thursday, mid-afternoon. And I think you guys have understood what it's going to entail based on the just different kinds of teasers that they've put out. If you could guess, what is this theme for the jersey going to be? It's uh, moon-related. It's space-related. It's moon, yes. Definitely moon-related. So uh, I've gotten a chance to take a look at the jersey. It's unique. It is following that moon theme think fans will be it i think fans will be excited about it um i i don't know how i feel about it yet I, i've been kind of racking my brain it's grown on me since i first saw it but i don't know it's pretty much how i felt I, about I, Orlando I, it's, city's jersey this year i know but it's it's like it's it's an away jersey yeah. so like here i'll give you a teaser of of what colors you can entail for this away jersey when you think of space and the moon, what colors do you think of? Orange. 
Incorrect. <laughs> Tried. Well, I mean, it's when you look at the moon, it's an what, away what kit, does the so color it's obviously going to be yeah. you know a white gray kit. Um, the polar, mm-hmm. the opposite of the black and purple that they're currently sporting for home. So. Which is fine. I mean, listen, I I have the moon kit that Ad Astra, I think, is the official yep. name. But um, if this one comes out and it looks like a fun companion piece, I might need a new one because those that Nike, the Nikes run small. I would say too, it's it's so a I need it's, something it better. is a it is a companion kit. Yeah, like it is a, definitely a companion kit to the Ad Astra kit, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, which I mean, which yeah, probably also tells you that that sold so well that they're like, yeah, we got to do that again. Now, um, this kind of ties into it, um, and there's only so much I can share on this show because uh, I, I, I'm withheld to secrecy. If you've seen the trailers for the kit, they show a statue. I don't know if you guys know who that statue is of, but it is Artemis, the Greek goddess of the moon. Oh, I think that's a character from Sunny, too, isn't it? I believe so. <laughs> very, very possibly. Um, but yeah, so um, all I can say is that uh, she'll be involved in that kit. Okay. Okay. And that's that's all I can share with you guys on the show here about this kit until uh, Thursday, mid-afternoon. So prepare yourselves for the new Pride Away kit. Now, hopefully, I will say this, hopefully these kits continue because as we know... Adidas and Nike, very two di- two very different kind of mentalities when it comes to how they create their jerseys. Now, uh, Adidas has always had kind of a a pattern that you have to follow, and and you're you're very kind of limited to your designs. And and Nike has, as you've seen with the Ad Astra kit, even uh, a bit more free. Um, but I have heard some rumors that there is a potential that Nike could go the way of Adidas and get a bit more bland with their designs. So enjoy it while you can potentially mm-hmm. because we may we may be getting because of everything going on in the world we may be getting a bit more basic when it comes to kits. Say Adidas Ooh. did get really uh cool with the kickers this year. They came out with um a pair of like a 94 yeah, like flat yeah, ni- the 93 yeah. legacy kits and this one is uh the away kit just went on sale, and that one I really want to get because it's a. Uh, I guess they, I guess they released it as like a uh, an homage to like U.S. soccer because you know the World Cup was coming up fairly soon, so it's like red, white, and blue, but like old school kickers colors. It's really awesome. Um, so hopefully, that shows that Adidas is capable of continuing this, especially with what they did with Orlando City's kit this year, because it's definitely. I don't think anyone was expecting that, and. The more I see it, the more it grows on me, and I, God, I'm getting close to to caving on that. Okay. Well, maybe when you see it on Thursday, you'll you'll make a decision. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, I know. I, I mean, for me with the kits, it's like I know it when I see it. Just like last year's with the Ad Asher, the second I saw it, I I ran to the website immediately. Bought yeah, it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I'd have never done that with a jersey before. So it's like that, that's the one you got to get. There you go. Hopefully this will be like that. All right. Uh, wrap up the show time. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. This is the part where we do the thing, right? This is the part where we do the thing. So we have, 
we're going to do it very quickly. We're just going to do weird news today. We're not going to do uh, where are they now or anything. Uh, like I said, I'm on a time crunch today. So uh, we're just doing the weird news. So uh, Kyle, do you have weird news for this week? I do. Uh, man hands officers meth instead of registration at traffic stop. Florida man? Not a Florida man. I'll give you two more guesses on the state. Is it, just give me a hint, is it in the southeast? No. You hesitated on that. Yeah, it's not. I think it's kind of on the east, is it on the east coast then? Close. Oklahoma? No. More to the east. Tennessee? No, West Virginia. Oh. That's like, that's, yeah, okay. That's right. You said southeast. It's not technically southeast, but like. And then I said east, and you said, yeah, kind of. Yeah, but you said east coast. It doesn't touch the east east coast. Yeah, right. Semantics. I know. I know my geometry. So on April seventeenth, officers with the Bridgeport Police Department were conducting a traffic stop on a vehicle for improper registration. I don't need to know the specifics of where they are. Blah blah blah. Officers spoke with the vehicle's driver, Roy Porter, fifty-seven, who handed officers a packet that they thought was the registration of the vehicle. However, a small plastic bag fell out. Inside the bag were, quote, a couple pieces of crystal-like substance, end quote. They used a canine. They found four grams of meth. And then uh, he had four grams. His passenger had 220 grams of meth. I'm going to send you guys a picture of what this man looks like, and that is the face of a meth addict. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. Peak West Virginia. Weird. All right, Gavin, do you have one? Yes, I've got a drug dealer who botched oh, his cover. Today. Yeah, he he botched his cover. So I guess he was he was you know doing doing his thing, doing doing the drugs, dealing them. Um, he botched his cover after shining a laser at a police helicopter that was searching for a missing person. So he he had a he they weren't looking for him; they were looking for someone else, and he just willingly gave up his cover. Um, and they were probably like, like, you know, the cops saw that and they were like, hey, what, what, what's going on down there? Um, let's see where this is, if I can get. Um, he, a drug dealer ended up leading police to his illegal enterprise after officers came knocking at his door after a laser pen was shown into the cockpit of a police helicopter in Swansea. Yep. Where he lived with his mm. parents. <laughs> Gotta love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I've got two and they're just the headlines and you can, you can discern from this what you will. Uh, man uses a wizard wand to threaten hotel worker and Muslim man who had hands amputated have been accused of throwing stones and pelting his own shop. All right. Pelting his own shop. So no hands, but... Throwing stones. And that's it. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, short show today. Always love that. Uh, yeah. So with that, we will reconvene next week to talk about all of the happenings over the next four games, technically. Two Orlando City games, an OCB, and a Pride game. And uh, talk about the jersey once it's revealed. So with that, Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. For Brad Newton, who was here earlier, for Gavin Eubank, and for Kyle Foley, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.
And you're dirty brown water trash. And you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.